Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Mindy East. Mindy East is the CEO and founder of Baron Rich Speakers Agency, which I'm grateful to be a part of. And I'm honored to have Mindy as the keynote speaker for the upcoming Global Virtual Panel of Infidelity Survivors event. Welcome to the show, Mindy. Thank you for having me, Gigi. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you back on the show. Now, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what inspired you to become an infidelity survivor and advocate? Well, I don't know that it's anything you choose. I think it's something that you uh, just have to walk through. And my situation lasted a long time. My marriage was on life support for 10 years before it finally, before he finally pulled the plug. But, uh, you know, at the time it was very difficult to walk through and um, very painful, but oh my goodness, I could not be where I am today had I not survived that situation and all the lessons that it brought into my life. I love it. Very powerful. Now, we have four questions that came in from an anonymous source. Number one, what does infidelity mean to you? Oh, infidelity to me means a, a breach of a um, partnership. In my case, it was a longtime marriage, 35 years. So uh, it was very painful, you know, to have kids still in the home. Uh, it was just, to me, infidelity just means that your plans that for your life and how you thought it was going to happen are interrupted. I love it. Now, Camille says, hi, ladies. Thank you for listening in, Camille. And hey, also, Camille. Coach Roz, good afternoon. Blessing, ladies. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Now, Mindy, number two, how long did it take you to overcome your infidelity? Well, you know, I think when you finally reach a point where you don't have to explain the specifics, as far as, you know, I, it wasn't something that I wanted a divorce. And so for me, I finally got past the need or the desire to make myself look like, a, you know, an innocent party. I, you know, I just finally, I got to the point where I could say, you know, the marriage, um, uh, didn't survive. And, um, I'd say time-wise, it was probably, ooh, this happened in 2013 that I got served papers, but it actually started back in 2003. So, um, you know, I, I had healed a lot through that 10-year process. Um, but once everything was out of the way, I think it was probably a good mm, four or five years. Absolutely inspiring. Now, question number three, can anyone really avoid infidelity? Ooh, <clears throat> boy, that's a good question. And I'm not sure if I have an answer. <clears throat> Excuse me. For me, um, I believe that infidelity has very little to do with the, let's just go with a female, with the, um, the wife or the other woman. It has everything to do with that man and how he feels about himself. So um, I think it has more to do with where that person is, whoever chooses to be uh, unfaithful. There's something lacking in their life. There's something they're struggling with. It's a symptom 
of something greater going on. And they're trying to, I believe, numb the pain or avoid something. And an affair is a distraction. And it unfortunately makes things worse than it does better. So as far as um, avoiding it, I think as an individual, I've never chosen to go that route. But I think um, I had better um, coping skills. And I relied on my faith. And um, I know how God feels about divorce. So my decision was to remain faithful to the the sanctity of marriage. And that's how I got through. I just, I knew, I knew I couldn't really fight it. I had to just be my own person and, and lean on God during that time. Very powerful. And as you and I both know, infidelity is, is growing tremendously. The rate it has grown, especially during COVID as well. So it's so important to bring this to the forefront and really have this discussion about infidelity. Yes. 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 Well, yes. I do believe, um, you know, there's so many, so many distractions out there. There's so many temptations. And I think if somebody is, is feeling tempted, the best thing to do would be to have some open communication, if not with their spouse or their significant other, with a trusted friend, family member, or um, church clergy member, because you have you, the things you keep hidden have more power over you. And so if you expose them to light, if you get that out there, I believe it takes away the power to uh, have control over a person. So that would be my my best advice is to talk it out, walk it out. And if there's just nothing left in that marriage, then, you know, of course, you've got to do something about it. But if there's any way to restore and repair it for the sake of yourselves and your future and the children and the grandchildren and the dynamics of the family, I would always encourage people to try to think, think of the things ahead of, you know, what's down the road? What am I giving up if I take this short term? you know, enjoyment or this uh, quick fix. And usually it's not, you know, people don't cheat up. They cheat down. So it's usually not a um, going to be a, a long time advantage over what the situation is for them currently. Excellent advice. Now, Camille says, yes, we have to lean on God. And I absolutely agree. Uh-huh. Well, and I was in, like I said, I was in um, counseling for uh, three years, but the marriage was on life support for 10. So I just immersed myself in scripture. My Bible study friends just cried with me. Um, you know, I just, I knew that God would either see me through it or heal it. And he you know, he didn't heal the marriage, but he healed me. So I, I look at where I'm at now and I really can't say I'm sorry that it happened. I had, um, I couldn't be and do the things that I'm doing now had I still been in that, that broken marriage. And, you know, when you have, we had, you know, lots of big things, you know, 
big company, big house, big, big money, big problems. And so that helped me, you know, we, we, took care of some things. We sold some things. We downsized. That didn't seem to help. And um, he still wanted out of the marriage. And so at that point, I had to allow my, my emotions to catch up with his decision. And so I, that's when I wrote a couple of kids books and I got very involved in um, my future and, you know, starting a company and I couldn't have done that had I not been untethered, so to speak. And all my energy and effort went into trying to fix a person. And when I realized that I couldn't control another person, I only had control over me, then I was able to, after the divorce, I just, I committed to um, finding out about me. I got married very young. And so... I took that time to really figure out who I was and heal and, and set goals and make plans. And of course, then I met a wonderful man, but um, I waited on God to make his presentation. I didn't, I didn't want to go out like a dog running loose on trash day. And so I uh, waited for God to bring the right person to me. And it was a long distance relationship. We'd actually known each other from, our high school years, and he lived down the street from my grandparents, but I didn't really know him. But getting to know someone from 1,400 miles away gave me, gave us both the opportunity. He got to know my heart, my mind, and my soul before he got to know my body. And so um, we got married three years ago, three and a half years ago, and it's just an amazing difference to be married the second time. Because, you know, when you, when you ask God to um, give, you know, give you the right person, he always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. So that would be our advice uh, to anybody is don't try to do it on your own. My goodness. Wait on God. Ask for his help. Ask for him to send the right person who's perfect for you. And I just, you know, I didn't, didn't get in a hurry and I was single for four years. And so I gave myself some time and I, in fact, I took myself off the market. I didn't even date, you know, I dated a little bit and I thought, oh, that's not for me. So um, anyway, and I do have children. They were all um, grown. They were all in their twenties when that happened. And so, um, you know, I focused on my children and my grandkids and I just, yeah, I just came, came out an entirely different person. And I'm thankful because had I not had that, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I've also forgiven my ex, my former husband, and um, he and I have a very good working relationship and I'm so grateful for that. Because we have all these kids, well, we have three kids and then their spouses and all the grandkids. So we get together now on, um, we don't do holidays because he's married. So, uh, but we do things that involve our family, our children and grandkids. And so I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And um, 
I just would encourage people to do their best to make that a reality in their world because it's so worth it. I love what you said there and wait on God. Very powerful. Now, Camille says, when we have children, you have to make sure they don't get hurt and God will show you the way. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I didn't, of course, my kids were older. And so, but I never, um, I never criticized their dad or spoke disparagingly of him in front of my kids or to my kids because I mean, they were smart enough to realize and know what was going on. And he got involved with one of, he had seven secretaries. So he got involved with one of them. And so we knew this person. And, um, but the thing is, I, they, right or wrong, he was still their dad. And I knew that I would need him in the future, possibly to help co-parent, even though they were in their twenties, but still, um, I just, I wanted to rise up higher and we didn't, we didn't fight over things like that. You know, we kept the hurt pretty much, um, in between the two of us. And then once, and he, he moved away. So he was gone for quite a few months and out of state. And so I think that helped too. And, um, but you know, there were so many adjustments. I had to really walk out to be alone for the first time in my adult life. So, uh, but I, I embraced it and I started to look forward to it and I started to enjoy it. And the last thing I wanted to do was be a victim. I wanted to be a victor. And so I used that to, to really go higher. And I have two daughters and a son. So I wanted my daughters to see me as a strong female. And I wanted my son to realize that he has, as the leader of his family and of his wife and children, he really needs to be that man of integrity. And so I didn't want to admonish their dad or speak ill of him. And so I agree, you know, with Camille. Yes, we definitely lean on God. And then we, you just can't talk about the person that is no longer interested in being married to you because you just, you have to get past that hurt. And if you do, if you keep perpetuating it, it's not going to serve anybody any good. Amen. Very powerful advice. Now, the next question is, will this infidelity invent, give people healing tips and advice from infidelity? I'm sorry, you broke out a little bit. Will it give will them more? Give healing tips from infidelity. Oh. Goodness. Yes, I certainly hope so. My, um, my goal on Friday, and don't forget everyone needs to get their tickets. Um, <laughs> my goal is to share my experiences and hopefully give someone a shortcut. If you're, if you're just starting through this process, or if you've been stuck in it a while, I hope to, what I hope to bring to you is some practical advice, some good action steps that helped me rise higher than to just stay underneath my circumstances. So I do believe there will be some uh, wonderful advice and encouragement to help other people walk this out, whether you're a male or a female, you know, pain and hurt are, are non-gender, you know, they will, it doesn't matter which side you're on. If you're, 
the man or the woman, but either way, I believe that this event is going to help encourage people to um, just walk forward with confidence, knowing there's a better tomorrow waiting for them. Amen. There's a better tomorrow waiting for them. Very powerful. Now, Mindy, where can the audience find you? Well, my um, my website is Baron Ridge Productions. And just a little side note, Baron and Ridge are my two oldest grandsons. And so um, I started a company and I have a speaker's agency. And Gigi, you're, you're um, one of my featured speakers. I'm so happy and honored to have you. But they can find me. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Mindy East. And I'm in LinkedIn as well. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Mindy on Facebook and LinkedIn and on her website, BaronRidgeProductions.com. And also make sure to reserve your virtual seat for the Global Virtual Panel of Infidelity Survivors event on June 4th. That's at 5 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to reserve your virtual seat. Again, you can locate the event via Facebook and also Eventbrite. So make sure to go to the drop down menu feature on Facebook and enter Global Virtual Panel of Infidelity Survivors event and reserve your virtual seat on Eventbrite and mark yourself going. And we look forward to seeing you there. Again, this is an event you do not want to miss. It is an educational event. So much value will be provided in this event. And we have so many amazing speakers and grateful for our sponsors as well that will be a part of this event. So tune in, reserve your seat, and we'll see you there. Thank you, Mindy. Yes, thank you. Can't wait to see everybody.